Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens indeed, New Amsterdam Radio starts now. It's Flobo Boys. Well, I'm always hanging the mayor's office, but today I'm hanging a little gingerly. It seems I tweaked my knee uh, on a run a couple days ago, so I'm just hanging out, uh, propping up my leg, just going through the many different ways you guys have shown your support of New Amsterdam Radio and the New Amsterdam Entertainment Network. Of course, I mean hitting up newamsterdam.com, kwamsterdam.com, and buying a New Amsterdam t-shirt over at Flobito. Threadless.com. You know, the summertime is here, and one of the cool things about the summer is that that's when I made the big old move out west. This is the kid from Brooklyn hitting up California to take on all those dreams to be a filmmaker. And while that dream seems to morph into other things, my guest today is someone that's still finding a way to be a filmmaker, despite it all, despite having to deal with the daytime stuff, the family stuff, the pandemic stuff. I just wanted to say stuff. Rolando Joseph Herrera, somebody I've collaborated with over the years, many a time, has short films and screenplays and all that jazz, and actually one of my best friends out here. So it was kind of cool to sit and chat with him finally, uh, so to see how his process is and how he approaches the world. And You're going to enjoy that conversation because he is the epitome, or Shia LaBeouf says, the epitome of finding a will and a way to do it, whatever it may be. But before I get to that, I just got to say, if you haven't already, make sure you follow us on the social medias at New Amsterdam over on the Instagram and that new underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. Without any further ado, it's my chat with Rolando Joseph Herrera. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Rio, the podcast for creatives. And well, it is I, the mayor, Flobo Boys. In the mayor's office on a very, very warm evening here in Los Angeles. In fact, the time you listen to this episode, it would be a holiday, if you will. It's my birthday week. What? And so I thought to myself, I needed someone to make this episode ever special. See, people have always hit me up and said, hey, Flobo, you're doing a lot of things. How do you do it? I got the man that taught me how to do it, the blueprint himself. Please welcome Rolando Joseph Herrera. How you doing, sir? Good. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be on the show. Yeah, uh, I got to say you've been an influence in, in 10 different ways. We're going to go through that today. But uh, right now I'm drinking out of my cup of coffee, which is a beverage I couldn't stand. Hated coffee. So I started hanging out with you. So thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot for that. <laughs> I, remember that. I remember that day. I remember our first coffee meeting. That was very, uh, very entertaining. And I tell that story to a lot of people. I'll be first, yeah. our first coffee date. Yeah. Yeah, it was a date, man. I was like, I don't know who this guy. He might be creepy. Uh, I told my friends I'm going to be at Conrad's, the restaurant in Glendale. It's closed now. <laughs> a couple hours, you know, it was a big deal. So, 
we had we had met un, under uh Man, sorry, off- I had all these memories of Conrad's all of a sudden all our oh, adventures of oh, Conrad's. So yeah, that's it, right. That's it, right. It's totally a whole ground now. But at the time it was like this mom and pop diner that sold everything. <laughs> and and we had met because I was at a creative nadir in my life. I said, I don't know what's going on. I'm not getting any jobs in the in the business. I am going to quit. And with my last, like at the time, it was like forty eight dollars. Now it's like a, a billion, right? But my last forty eight dollars, <laughs> I did the Warner Brothers store, which you were my tour guide, and that just opened up the entire thing. So I mean, walk me through that, man. Like you were into the entertainment business for a long time too, right? Prior to that, yeah, at least ten years screenwriting. Try to get into the industry. Went to Warner Brothers to get into the kingdom. Um, I do remember meeting you on the Warner Brothers tours because you're a huge. <laughs> You were a huge. <laughs> let me, what? Let me finish. You were a huge Pretty Little Liar fans, and oh, you were the no. one guy on the tour. I did not want to disappoint. I did That's not, not want to disappoint happened. you. You were in the back of the tour bus. You were pretty, pretty low key and mellow. You just were like a shy, shy, quiet guy. When I saw, I said, "This guy. I hope he's having some fun. I got to connect with all the audience." But this one guy, this one guy is just. I got a, any, any pretty little liar fans here? Anybody, anybody? And I just saw the twinkle in your eye and I was like, there it is. There it is. I'm going to take you to the studio right now. And, and here we go. Pretty little liars. <laughs> Look at that. We're out of time, guys. See you next week. <laughs> I did not get that show at all, but I was in the back of the tour. Bus. I was like, all right, I'll just go see this. But I'm so glad I did it because you found a way to, to engage someone who really wasn't on board. And that's kind of like being your superpower because a lot of times the creative people, they have an idea, they have the thing, but they always feel there's no help. But I also feel everyone's down to help you all the time. How do you get the skills, the cult of personality, to get people on board with your project? I think I've been lucky so far that my scripts have got me some good connections with people. My previous work, people watch it. They trust my work's going to get get them to where they got to go. And it's all collaborative effort. So I think it's yeah. just it's in the script. I'm sure if the script wasn't good, like the actors another set crews I'm working with wouldn't want to work with me. So I think it still goes down to the script. That's the number one necessity for a project. Yeah. And then from there, it's just collaboration. So, yeah, I think it's a good, solid script. And your production company, Scrawny Strange, why did you decide to name it that? Um, I think at the time it was, I wrote a feature film script called Ned Scrawny. It was little Mateo Skolak character to be a, a, a little, kind of like a Nettie Professor type story. And then another horror film, horror fantasy called Hot and Strange. So then I was like, oh, Ned Scrawny, Hot and Strange. Cool, Scrawny Strange. And how long has it been in operation, man? Um, 2008, maybe. So 10, 10 plus years. Whoa. 10 plus years doing short films and one feature film in the bag. So, you know, plugging away, plugging away. So a lot of people talk about doing it. Like Again, the, the uh, I would love to write a screenplay. Oh, I would love to make a movie, and but you did it, and it, it the the feature you're talking about, which <laughs> features my voice in there, uh, it was Six Assassins. Talk to me about that. I mean, there's short films we could bang those out in 24 hours, 48 hours or less, what we have, but that was a whole different endeavor. Coming up with an idea based on what your means were, your budget, your network. What was that like? Um, that was a lot of fun. It was. I definitely followed filmmakers such as Rodriguez and I think believe it's Sean Baker who did Tangerine. It was an iPhone movie. That's all I had access to at the time. And I had a couple of brilliant actors in San Diego, which I knew. 
Uh, I pitched it to them and said, hey, let's do a weekend shoot. Maybe like a Friday through Sunday. It's a three-day movie. It's just one take. It's a one take per per scene. Yeah. Um, hour and a half. Let's see what happens. And we'll edit it. And if it's good, we'll put it out there. If not, we'll at least we accomplish something and just go from there. Yeah. Um, so we had a weekend to prep. So we actually had two days of rehearsing, just going through the location, prepping, doing my setups, and just keep it simple. It's a simple lighting scheme. Um, wrote the script maybe uh, in two months and then a rewrite with the lead actress because she's Christine Huddle. She's my go-to actress. Yeah. Um, so she went over it, changed some stuff in the rehearsal, re rewrote it, set a date. And then just, we had a, we had a, we had an original actor on board, but then last minute we lost him due to conflict of interest and creativity is what you want to mm. call it. The, the, the unfortunate happy divorce of a creative difference. Was it a fight? Did you guys beat each other up? Or? No, I think we were just both creatively passionate about the project, and he wanted it to go one way, and I wanted it to go ah, this way. And I said, hey, you know, we'll work on something in the future. Um, so we found another actor, Jacob Bruce, who Christine worked with on theater in San Diego. He's an awesome rock star actor. Still, he teaches. He acts still right now in L.A. Um, so we got him on board. I think he had the script for like a week. And knocked yeah. it out. He had the script for a week and said, "Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready." Yeah. And he, because both these actors have had stage experience, yeah. So that was one of the keys going into this project. If I can get find a good, strong actor, actors with with improv slash theater experience, it'll make filming a little bit more easier as opposed to just movie actors who go like, oh, "I got to memorize my lines." With theater actors in the life of theater, it's all about memorizing those lines because it's on yeah. stage. They got to perform you know, two, three shows a day on the weekend. So it's, it's all about knowing your lines. And I trusted these actors to come on board and perform. And we did it for a Saturday through Sunday. And then the actor, the, there was another actress that came on board who was, who wasn't to their level. So after I shot everything that week and that Monday watching the footage, I said, Hey, Christine, Jacob, your scenes are a rock star. This other actress is, is, it's what do you guys think? They watched the footage and said, "Yeah, let's let's recast and do all these scenes again in two weeks from now." So we had a yeah. two-day shoot, which turned into another day shoot to bring in a new actress to get it all together. You did a feature in three days. We well, technically, I would say it was all days a Saturday, all days Sunday, and then reshooting it again on a on two weeks later on another Saturday. So I would say with reshoots, three days, but putting the pieces together. Yeah. It was two two solid days oh, from wow. like all days. So we started at eight o'clock in the morning, had an hour lunch, and finished at eleven o'clock at night. Okay, yeah. So two yeah. solid days to get uh, ninety pages in the can and a total of a seventy-five minute feature. That one, yeah. that's impressive, and and I'm so glad I was a part of it. Even though I, I do tease you because I say I'm not an actor, because <laughs> if you guys don't know this, Rollo will hit me up with these ideas and go, "I got an idea for a short film." You're going to be in it. And I'm like, no, because I can't memorize lines to save my life. Uh, and you know why? Uh, that's, that's kind of it. But I'm always impressed by that because my name is in, since I'm credited as a, as a voice character, I'm, yeah, I have a feature yeah. to my credit, which is something that is that you can't knock this. And this is the reason why I want you on the show specifically, because I went to film school and, and I went to the, the machine, you know, the years, read, read all the books, studied all the different things. That's I right. Do. That's right. That's right. Because you went to Chapman, and you're the only guy I know in my inner circle of friends that's a doctor. You have a doctorate degree. Am, am I, I right? I, no, I do not it's, have a doctorate. <laughs> you have what? Well, it's but it's past a bachelor's degree, right? Uh, yes, it's a master of fine arts, but it's not a doctor. Right. 
It's, so you don't you can't be called Doctor Flobo, not yet. No, Doctor Flobo sounds okay. like a villain. That's sorry, <laughs> sorry, Flobo. audience. Sorry, audience. I'm still learning the school. I stopped at no, it, my associates, it, and I didn't get to your level of college experience. So I apologize. Don't do this to me. Don't. I was giving you praise, brother. Uh, but no, uh, my, my degree is terminal, so you can't get a doctor in film production. You can't get a doctor in art, but it's probably okay. a research. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, MFA, a master's of fine art. But I That's felt right. Like, I, I remember that because when I came late for coffee that day, you were like, "Don't you know I got a master's in fine art?" That is not what I said. I'm like, <laughs> "Was that before or after Pretty Little Liars uh, <laughs> confessing my love for?" <laughs> Did you know I have a master's in fine? <laughs> what does it even sound like me? Uh, what, what I was I was going to say is that one of the cool things about formal education is that yes, you, you know your stuff, but you kind of learn about the hesitancy, right? Like when I think about making a feature. I'm like, oh, man, I have to get my permits. I have a table read. I have this process, this lighting plan, all that stuff. Not saying they're not important. I didn't have a place. But there is something to be said about someone who says all that and goes, ah, we're going to do it anyway. And my question I always have for you is, like, did you ever worry about the consequences of, of, of going that fast or, or flying by the seat of your pants, quote, unquote, or you had a vision, a process, and you're just going to execute? It was, it was basically stepping stones. Uh, you have to be realistic in what you're doing. So I knew, hey, Sex and Assassin is an iPhone movie. It's going to take me so far. It wasn't a film. I didn't pitch it to my family and friends. Hey, watch it. This is going to be like some Steven Spielberg shit. It's going to be the greatest thing in the world. No, it was like, here's what I did. Guts and glory. Check it out. I'm going to be working on something bigger and better at the you know upcoming in the next next year, next couple of years. But it's a stepping stone. So you got to be honest with yourself and know your yeah. limitations and just keep keep pushing it the best way you can. So with this particular film, it was just get it done get it in the can, get it out there and get some feedback on it. And for the most part, from the technical aspect, there's a lot of things I got to improve on. It was a small crew. I had my sound designer friend who works with Jerry Bruckheimer, watched it and said, hey, some few tweaks here and there. It's not bad, but you pulled it off where there's no special effects. There's no explosions. You don't need a huge sound mixing process. So I kind of tailored it where was it going to be an easier process in post-production because yeah. I could easily put took it out of the one location and did basically a what's that magical film that was a crazy short film that was one of the craziest productions we've had katana oh, no. oh uh, <laughs> you talking about you want to talk about katana Do you want to talk about, no, some, we can, we but, can. Something, but something like that we learned from because it was yeah. like i think i think it was 2001 locations in five minutes and right. <laughs> no no let's, let's talk about this because there was a time i, I would say that <laughs> That I got, I got roped in because I just, I just can't say no to the cult of personality that is Rolando about doing these forty-eight hour films. And and for those of you who don't know, you basically get a prompt, a couple of things you have to put in this movie on a Friday evening, and you shoot all day Saturday and get it done by Sunday afternoon. So like, we had the genre it was like a western. It had to have a certain line of dialogue, character name, and we did this like giant revenge epic, <clears throat> and. I was I was fine writing it because I was I was the writing team. It was like exhilarating, but watching it being recorded, I'm like, I don't think we're getting everything in time. We cut things on set. Post production was what it was, and I had this giant premiere on my birthday <laughs> around this time, and it was kind of like a oh yeah, I had all my friends drive out to Poway, California, to watch me take the giant L. <laughs> what we're doing? We, we got it back eventually with another movie we'll talk about in a second. But at the time, it was like. Oh my gosh! What what this this is filmmaking at the worst. <laughs> but but I would I would definitely I would definitely say as much as I joke around and say the film had two thousand locations in five minutes and which is the opposite thing you should do for a short film. Yeah. As much as I joke around saying like man 
who wrote this epic? I want to know who is the hotshot producer that said, hey, Flobo, I want a bridge. I got rain coming in. I got pools. <laughs> I got houses. I got girls. I got six different cars. I got Lamborghinis. I got a helicopter. Put yeah. it all in the script. We'll I mean, make it happen. That, that's so definitely I would just give you this candy. I was feeding you all this, <laughs> this movie candy, and you're like, got it. I'm going to put this in. I'll put this. Here you go. Here's your script, Rolo. And then I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if we're going to, I don't Let's see what happens. Let's shoot this movie. Let's make it. It's definitely in the movie. Let's do it. Does it? Does it exist in the movie? Does it? Does it exist anywhere? Can anyone still see this movie, Katana? Um, it Are is online. I I think it's on Pornhub, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lamborghinis, no, adults no, only. Yeah. No. no, I think if I think on Pornhub, there's a new section where if you want to be depressed and be. <laughs> Be depressed and be asexual. You watch it, you're <laughs> right. like, oh, bye, click. So you know, that, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It, it really was. But you're right. We did have we had a pool scene. We had we had a servants. We had an old car. We had a bridge scene. We had fight scenes, and that's a lot to put in forty hours. And so we kind of like we took, we took it back. And and the follow up was actually one of my. Favorite I didn't approve. Movies. I didn't approve the servant, so I don't know what that came from. Th that was actually one of your friends. You said it's going to be a house servant. It'll be great. Serve the coffee to this lady. <laughs> Here's a cameo. The the sequel we did was called Near Hollywood Tours, and that one. <laughs> We had we had all the revenge in the world. We're like, look, we're not gonna let what happens with the katana. We can keep it simple. And I remember that night we we got our prompt to make uh, this documentary. My car got towed uh, <laughs> because I had parked it in Hollywood. And that was the was, budget of the film. Yeah, that was that, the budget for our film. We called our executive producer and said, "Hey, you know that five hundred bucks we're gonna put in? Yeah, we're gonna need it like right now. And it's Friday, and we've already spent it." <laughs> That, that's exactly what happened because we had a, a third producer. He was going to pitch in some, and I was going to pitch in like four hundred. But three hundred and twelve of those went to the city of, of of West Hollywood or Hollywood or whatever for getting my car impounded. But we we did the same thing, but it was a lot more low key. It was one camera. That's a comedy. It's available on my YouTube page, YouTube.com/slowboboys. Mm -hmm. And and talking about that one near Hollywood tours as a movie itself and as a, kind of the the spiritual successor to Katana. Um, that was definitely a a uh, what's it called? A victory, as as our boy Johnny Drama would say. That was kind of <laughs> like uh, we at the premiere of that one. That was a whole different feeling when with the crowd was laughing at the jokes you wrote. It was a good connection yeah. to the audience, and even afterwards when we were getting beers, we were saying, "Hey man, great script, good job." I mean, it was it was a really good feeling just getting that one done after seeing Katana. Because in Katana, I was just like watching it, and then my old team that I used to work with go Rolo. Okay, here we go, and then watching it, I was just kind of like. No. Oh yeah, what's happening? Yeah, what's, get, get me out of here. So that yeah. feeling in Katana and going to near Hollywood tours was definitely where after you're like you're proud of something, and I think that was one of the was one of the things that I was enjoying about Fort Hayward Film Festivals. You know, you can see them right away. You can see the audience engaging a few weeks after you shot it. So that's kind of like the addiction you have towards that, where you're learning how to connect with an audience, like a fresh audience, quicker than trying to shoot a feature film than waiting. To go to a four wall festival, which could take months and months and years. So that was one yeah. of the good things about 48 hour film festivals. You can see it right away in the big screen. What's the dream, man? Is it is it the writing? Is it directing? Is it acting? What's what in the mind's eye? What's success look like for you? I think maybe 10 years ago it was just to be a studio screenwriter and in the meantime produce some short films, know the know all the the ins and outs of filmmaking, film marketing, the film business. I would say definitely now 
in my life, it's being a good husband, being a good father, and then being a screenwriter, filmmaker in that in that aspect as far as that. So I'm happy. Those are my goals. Husband, father, husband, father. And nothing's going to stop me from screenwriting and doing what I'm doing right now, which is just keep plugging away, learn from it, and keep going. So even if I never break it through a studio door, I'm still going to have a passion for screenwriting and filmmaking, honestly. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't have any huge dreams that I got to hit this at this time. It's kind of like, no, if I keep improving and getting better and making writing these, you know, fun stories, which I'm doing right now, I, I feel it's I'm having fun doing it. Yeah. Then, then we'll then we'll see, basically. But the goal eventually would be a, a studio screenwriter. And uh, I like filmmaking. I love producing. Um, I'm still working on directing just because I'm doing so much. I like directing, but I enjoy screenwriting and producing is a lot of fun, but I would love to start collaborating with, you know, like-minded directors for sure. And so this is kind of an interesting situation because you do a very labor intensive craft and you're also, like you said, a husband and father. How, what's been the balance for you being able to divide the time? Is divide even the right word to balance this, the one side of the domestic life and the professional life and working on something you're good at? Yeah, I think especially when we were talking earlier before, um, you know, self-care is huge in our family. You know, we're both putting the work in to be good parents and uh, and uh, be the best we can. Husband and wife and supported each other in our dreams. And I've been lucky that my wife um, has been supporting me on my thirst, crazy, fun adventures with Slobo going through hell and back. What? So she's yeah. been very, <laughs> yeah, she's been she's been very supportive. But I think it's a good balance. Where right now, when I'm doing my short films, I'm doing one day, you know, five page, six, five, six minute short films, which we knocked out in one or two days. So I just, as long as I plan a weekend, you know, ahead of time with the family, then they know, okay, Rolo's going to be in LA or in San Diego. He's shooting this weekend and so forth. So there, there has to be balance. Scheduling is important. It's just not like, Hey, this weekend, I'm going to LA to make a movie. Peace. No, it's yeah. definitely, Hey, next month, end of the month, I'm going to block this day for shooting. Cool. Go at it. And then I'll write a script, talk to some actors and say, Hey, let's do this this weekend. I'm available. And then go from there. You know, I mentioned it a little bit at the top of the show in your intro, because um, as it is right now, allow me to brag just now. You know, you're on my show. I want to brag about me for a second. Uh, yeah, this show, New Amsterdam Radio, part of the New Amsterdam Network, eight different co- uh, podcast shows. Uh, the, the content's been downloaded in here, Norway, in 12 different languages. <laughs> And he's showing us my number one contender Flobito shirt, which you can get at flobito.gremlins.com. And I got a, a story when you're done. I got a story about the shirt when, when you're you, you got to tell me this story uh, in a second. But but the thing is, this would never happen without the pandemic, right? The pandemic uh, had the, all this time sitting at home going, what do I want to do with my life? I'm, I'm a comedian. The, the, the TV says I'm non-essential. What do I do with my life? But that would have happened if I hadn't looked at your blueprint. And I know you think I'm lying to you or I'm trying to blow smoke, but like I look at you, you've been grinding for so long with the kind of like, let's build it first and see how we can do it later. Instead of getting stuck in our own head. There would be no flow beat though. There would be no new Amsterdam without you. And you still support in many different ways. And so if there's any way I can help you besides acting in your movies, I can act. <laughs> I will definitely do it because it, it's, it's, it's almost like part of being a family and it's an honor that you're on the show today. I'm being completely honest with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's fun yeah. being here. Not tell me that story. <laughs> so I shot a, a short film. I'm 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 all about doing some cheesy B movies now because you know for me B movie hack B movie horror film is just a lot of fun to do. It's something that you just write what you want, have some fun with it, create some cool monsters, have a girl running around being chased or a man being chased. Just have some fun with it. So <laughs> whatever. Go on. 
Whatever floats your boat, Jerry. Is that the boys I'm pulling up too? <laughs> don't don't get them started. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was about a few weeks ago. I was on the set of uh, it's called Ounce of Flesh, and two guys hire this. I think it's got a booty booty dancer. I already forgot the punchline it, but it's a it's not a stripper for hire. It's a like a big booty dancer. They get a one of the guy gets a birthday present from his friend. Two guys hanging out to get a stripper, and all hell goes loose, and it's not what they thought. Right. So that's called Ounce of Flesh. It'll be out in a couple couple months on hey. my on uh, scrunnystrange.com. Um, so we're doing the costume and this character. She's a stripper, but then she turns into a witch-like char- character that's hunting for human ingredients. So she's going to go to town on these two hopeless guys. And one of her costumes, we decided in this film, is it important for her to go topless or not topless? And mm-hmm. you know, my wife's like, hey, you're a professional. Whatever you want to do for this project, it's you know, you want to have tits hanging out. That's what it is. If not, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. So last second, I was like, you know what? Just because of YouTuber Vimeo, my 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 lead actress, who's a villain creature, who's got her boobs hanging out. I'm gonna have to shoot this a lot more tight for tight shots and pull back. I didn't want to shoot full medium shots, have boobs hanging out, and then in post crop in. Right. Right. So I said, well, I'm gonna have to shoot these these scenes with her double twice after we get the perfect take. Do it again. So I was like, no, I'll just give her a top, like a, like a tube top. She had these feathers and she's a, a black hair and some makeup and blood everywhere. I said, I'll just give her a tube top. And I think that was the one prop, the one prop I didn't have. Because right, right when she's switching costumes to go from stripper to witch, she's like, Rolo, did you did you bring my top? And I was like, huh. no, I don't I don't think I got it. Just give me a second. Let me let me think of something. Let me let me think of something. <laughs> so I'm running around and at the time, I was wearing I, – I always wear this to set. This is my directing T-shirt. So at the time – so at the time, this is now considered my workout T-shirt because I did have to cut the waist off. So when I when – I, <laughs> so, so This is now a crop top. And, you know, I'll take, I'll take pictures of this to show off my dad, Bob, but I'll send them to you. You can put them on your Instagram and social media to show me wearing my – my crop top while I'm working out, my dad bod, my kids be like, yeah, because I work for my daughter. And she was like, what are you, what What happened to your shirt? I can see your stomach. I'm like, this is how it's trained. This is how Flobo trains. This is how The Rock trains. This is now a crop top t-shirt because I had to cut it off, cut it, put it around her thing. And she thought, this is perfect. Thank you. So if I didn't have this, this, my short film would not have been produced. I, I was successful if I've not had this shirt with me. So I was I was very grateful this shirt, but now it's a crop top and uh, it's a workout I, I, shirt. I, I was I probably won't wear it on set, so I won't wear it. I was going to say I was directing. honored to have my shirt on a movie, but now it's a crop top. I don't know what I say about <laughs> thanks. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun fact. So when you watch a short film and you see the girl's top, you're gonna go like, "That's a flabito shirt right there." She's wearing a flabito shirt, number one what? contender, number, number one, one contender. contender. <laughs> Available now for people. Why not make this commercial if you're gonna have an evil succubus? Fine, bro. We're gonna roll with it. Uh, so I, I, I know you're that kind of person, but I always have this thing where we, where we say, look, if you had everything you ever wanted in life, all the money, all the fame, success, all the family, love, and stuff like that, would you buy a big dumb? purchase would you buy something materialistic at all and if so what would it be what would be your big dumb purchase it could be a trip it could be a watch it could be a batmobile what would be something that you just buy if you had all the money in the world a boat definitely 
I've talked about that plenty of times with my with my my wife and even me just saving working the normal nine to five, you mean just saving towards retirement. It's just that's the dumb purchase. If I yeah blow up, blow up like you said, then yeah. I'll just get it faster. But it's a nice <laughs> boat. It's not a it won't be a yacht, but it's a just one of those nice boats I can fish in and jet skiing and just have some fun. But definitely a boat, whether it's in a lake or at this LA or San Diego docks, but a boat. I, definitely a boat. I don't. I don't know if it's bad luck, but you have a name already picked out for this boat. If you got, I do not. I do not. Uh, you got to name something like WrestleMania or like or like Shooting Star Press or <laughs> l- 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 Lucky Bastard. I mean, I don't. Know. <laughs> you know what? Why not, bro? If you use a boat, then <laughs> uh, maybe maybe actually no. I would do number two contender. I would do number two contender. <laughs> the crop top. I can't believe you. Do I have to get your replacement, man? I can't even go to the gym. <laughs> what with your dad by your rippling abs all hanging well, out. I- <laughs> The dad bod is in. It's okay. I'm I'm accepting myself with a dad bod. I don't have to. I don't have the six pack anymore. But you know, I've got I've got eight pack, and that's fine. <laughs> I have an eight pack. <laughs> it's all like one big congealed mess. <laughs> uh, so so this year, <laughs> the- watch katana and porn up. <laughs> is, is there- why is it the only movie you ever made up? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, this year, any other uh, project on the slate you can share about? Uh, as we get out of here, let's wrap this up. Yeah, um, Ounce of Flesh horror film coming out, I'd say, in about a good month. And then um, You're Never Alone is a, I'd say it's a comedy drama. Definitely deals with uh, suicide prevention. Um, another film I worked with, Christine Huddle. She was a great sport about it. Um, her character receives a call from somebody trying to commit suicide. And she's a stripper that just got fired. So these two characters that meet kind of like match with each other to kind of like really support each other. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of like my soapbox for suicide prevention that you're never alone. You're, you're mm-hmm. someone's a phone call away, you know, call somebody if you ever feel that point in your life where you feel like ending it. And I definitely support suicide prevention as far as it's, you're, you're never alone. So that's yeah. a short film. I think uh, um, August, we're trying to get that to some film festivals right now. I think I'm just finishing the score for it because I had some composers lined up who just got busy all of a sudden. So um, that and then another short film and next month I'm shooting called Midnight Mile. Um, it's another kind of like a creep show style um, project. And I don't have any uh, log lines for that. That's kind of yeah. like until I film it, then I'll pitch it. But yeah, I, I wish I could memorize lines. If I could, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm terrible at that. Acting is it, like acting is one of those things where when I, when I pretend to my by myself in my apartment, I go, oh yeah, you know what I mean. I or I try to do a line to myself or a line for a movie. It makes a lot of sense, but it is kind of a whole different vibe where you say your line and a stranger is like, cut, do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, one more feeling. It just kind of makes you feel weird. <laughs> I, I don't know. How I, do it. I did get an email the other day for from a producer. I forgot which company he works for. It'll come to me. But he did see Roland Flobo, and he wanted to put it on his on his website. No, that's right. He it was something Dave something. He worked for Pornhub, and he asked for <laughs> Roland. Flobo. <laughs> oh, now you gotta explain Roland Flobo because that just sounds like we had a porno video like that. <laughs> so so okay. Another example of how much uh, Rolando's positively impacted my life. So I I thought I was going to be the best filmmaker ever, and I had this this collaborative creative partner. It didn't work out. And and uh, one day, Rolo gave me the, the graciousness of hanging out uh, in Temecula, I believe. And we were at this casino, and we stayed the night in separate beds. 
<laughs> but but we're, we're in the cafe. I'm like, you know, Rolo, you are such a unique and dynamic person. I still believe that down to my core and heart. It'd be kind of cool if I was able, if you give me the honor of writing a show about you. And Rolo is the most cocky person ever. He goes, oh, not me. No, he goes, yeah, I'll do it, but you have to be in it too. And so Rolo and Flobo, the sitcom, was actually made. I wrote six episodes of this web series <laughs> with the total intent of doing a complete season. In fact, the season finale, we're going to Tijuana for all things. We we did one episode. It was what is that? What is that at? T- T- Tijuana? T- it's, it's, I yeah, it's a, I think it's called South San Diego. I don't know. Um, got it, got it. <laughs> uh, because my 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 wife lived there, which whatever. <laughs> Point being, a, a person that we didn't think that was married to my character was shows up in the next last episode. <laughs> we have to go back to Mexico to get the marriage annulled, and that's off the rails. But we did the episode, and I was like, oh man, this is a rough pilot. But hey, pilots aren't that great. You always have to introduce the characters. The real yeah. humor <laughs> will come, and Rolo shut it down. And for years, I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> that we never got an episode two of Rolo <laughs> Well, technically, I didn't shut it down. I was pitching it. I was going to HBO. I was going to Netflix. No, I was going yeah. to Hulu. Okay. And yeah. I was like, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? And the only person who was interested was Pornhub. You know what? I think that's also <laughs> on YouTube. And and besides one scene in the bedroom, there's nothing Pornhubby <laughs> about it. <laughs> this is why I'm not an, I'm not an actor, man. Uh, Wait, you're thinking it's, it's, it's P-O-R-N-H-U-B-B-B-B. That's, so that's the company I'm talking about. So so it's the off-brand porno. Okay, we're having time to get out of here. Bro, it's been a pleasure, man. You're M. Sam the podcast for creatives. If someone want to follow you, see all your content now, all the, the family-friendly stuff, uh, where, where can it go about doing that? It's a roller branded show. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, why does that piss you off so much? You have a brand. There's nothing wrong with having a brand. I said it one time on the phone call. He got really mad. You have a roller problem. But we're going to find you a lot. I didn't get mad. I just threw a fit all around the house. I'm not roller branded. So what is going on here? It, it is. It's just quirky, man. It's Wes Anderson has a flavor. Rolando has a flavor. Um, Roller22.com uh, or scrawnyexchange.com. My, uh, my social media links are all there and my, my videos are up so people can watch and check out. Uh, if I want to see crop top photos, where can I find those? Um, I'll send you those privately via, you know, text message. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Look, at that's not even a smooth crop top. You in a rush? Just, what the hell? When I when I wear this now, it's gonna be like kind of like yeah, guns out, balls out. This, 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 this. We gotta get to another one, man. That's terrible. <laughs> Oh, please, I want you I want you back on a future episode with the crowd song. No, it's just in general. Talk about how your projects are coming along. And maybe you may convince me to be in a short if it's something we will. This 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 year it's gonna happen. The the, the everyone listening, they know they know it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. There's gonna be a roller produced project with Flobo Boyce as my lead actor. It's gonna happen for sure. Guaranteed. Guys, you know you don't want to hear that. And if you please. do, you're going to get a crop top for sure. <laughs> you will buy merchandise and cut them in half just for you. <laughs> well, if we ever do, I'll make sure to post up with the gig blog on Patreon. Patreon.com slash boys. Join the Boisterous crew. But until next time, the city is yours. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.